0: different this time yeah welcome everyone welcome back to the questionable for sunday podcast i am your host connor the commish i'm taking over the reins for this podcast so uh buckle up we're doing some little uh, role swapping it's something i do sexually in my private life really happy i can share this with you guys just like every other week i have my co-host here with me eric erickson eric how are you doing
1: what's up connor i'm looking forward to this pod you know Every week I have to, you know, prepare myself on Wednesday to carry the podcast, obviously, you know, with you, not providing much insight. You know, these, these guests, these what we call special guests that we have on. I mean, come on, it's a bunch of peasants. I mean, I mean, last week we had on Hovey, he, he spent like 20 minutes rambling about your address. Like, what is he providing to the pod? I'm providing these hot fancy takes today. I got some big shoes to fill, but I'm ready for it.
0: Nice. I hope you bring the spicy takes. I want you to lob some bombs. Uh, just pretend you're me for, an, for the next hour. Uh, but good luck because no one will ever reach that point. We also have a guest on today. It's not just going to be me and Eric talking to each other. I always despise those podcasts. I'm stuck with this guy. He was on the podcast before at the beginning of the year. He's had a history of success in the league, although this year, slightly like questionable. Uh, he's everyone's favorite comp sci major. It's Jordan Hazari. How are you doing, Jordan?
2: Hey guys, doing well? How about you?
0: How am I doing? I'm doing all I'm, right, man.
2: I'm excited. I'm ready oh. to get going today. Yeah, happy Love to be deal. here. Talk, talk some EEIG. Looking forward to seeing how it goes with the new host at the helm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Have low expectations. Jordan, gotta talk to you real quick. If you don't mind, we get started. You've been having a little bit of struggles this year so far. Uh, what's been going on?
2: Yeah, man, it's been uh, pretty disappointing. You know, just not a lot of things going my way so far, but. Uh, you know, surprisingly to, maybe surprisingly to you guys, I still think I have a decent team. So it's, you know, I I don't think I have any shot at the playoffs, but at this point I'm doing just damage control, trying to not, not take that last place.
0: Good point. And let's keep in mind that the top, Sorry, the bottom two teams get a bye in the toilet bowl. So it's actually very important to not end up in the bottom two. And actually, you do have a very solid squad. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I was a part of a bet that potentially you would make the playoffs based off points. So I actually think your team's fine. I'm not really sure what's been going on. I mean, you had a great win this past week, which we will discuss. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to dive right into that. Looking back, first thing we always do, we always talk about the previous week. We always give a quick review, a quick shout-out. Coming at you first was the clash of the co-hosts where Connor steals one over Eric. What a great game, guys. Goddamn. You know, I thought I was going to win on Sunday. When Sunday was over, I knew I was going to lose. And goddamn, I pulled it out. You love to see it. I'm going to give Eric the floor very very briefly. Uh, I felt a little bit of hostility coming from him this past week. So, uh, Eric, how did our game go?
1: You know, obviously a, a disappointing matchup. I feel like I got one stolen right away from me. Uh, you know, Sunday morning, I wasn't able to watch a lot of the football. I've been, uh, I've been coaching a basketball team, so Sunday we had, a, we had a game So at 10 o'clock, so I wasn't able to really uh, follow the morning games. But uh, when I opened my phone, looking at the projections, uh, Connor was, I think he was projected like 130, and I was projected like 100 maybe. So I was like, well, this thing's yeah. over. And then I really didn't watch a ton of football the rest of the day. Uh, just was kind of tuned off just after my slow start. Um, but, you know, the Sunday night game came on, so you know, I was like, let's watch it. And I took a look at the box score, and I was like, well, you know, Connor had some stinkers in the afternoon game, some disappointing performances. So, you know, if Dalvin Cook and Michael Gallup have some big performances, I think I'm going to be right in this one. And, you know, because I had Jimmy Garoppolo going on Monday night, too, so there still some hope uh, going into that game as well. And uh, Cook and Gallup really stepped up to the plate. You know, Gallup gets me a touchdown. Cook as well. You know, right away, Cook is catching lots of passes, getting a ton of yards. Gallup scores in the first half. I'm like, all right, I'm in this thing. I think I'm favored. So, you know, going into Monday night.
0: Actually, let me just stop you right there. Let me just take over. So going into Monday night, I was, uh, was pretty sure I was going to lose. So I, I pulled what I call a, a Ben Hazari, which is before the week's actually over, you admit defeat to your opponent and then somehow your team pulls it out of his ass. Uh, this happened. Ben did this to me. I believe it was back in 2015. We were in the playoffs um, and uh, Ben, hey, GG hey, Connor, well played. Good luck in the finals. And then about 20 minutes later, Marshawn Lynch had an 80-yard touchdown run and I lost. Fantastic. So, of course, Monday I text Eric, hey, man, G. G. Like, you know, have a good one. Uh, the score was 97.5 to 93.4 going into Monday night. Eric had Jimmy Garoppolo, as he just said. I had Matt Breda and George Kittle. George Kittle was ruled out, which was such a disappointing loss for my team. I thought this was a possibility, so I picked up some guy named Jacob Hollister from the Seahawks, the backup tight end, if you think Luke Wilson's the starter. And I go to trivia. I assume I'm going to lose. Everyone knows I got a trivia on Monday, actually, at Breakside, which is where uh, I took you guys when we were down in Portland. And, you know, I was kind of watching the game, kind of, you know, participating in trivia. And Lord, Lord have mercy, God exists. Hollister gets a touchdown. Breda doesn't do that well. But Garoppolo has a couple interceptions, a couple dropped interceptions, should have had more, couple fumbles, and only has 9.9 points. I end up winning by almost six. It was a gift from Jesus. You got to love it. You love to see it. Jordan,
1: did you love to see that? I mean, can I finish my story, Connor? No, I wasn't, Jordan, you just did you just love to see me. that? You- you know, I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm taking over your role this that. week. Jordan
0: definitely love to see I'm sure that.
1: Jordan did love to see it, but you know, you
2: love to see it.
1: As I continue my story here, yeah, you know, Connor, I he hit me with that text, but I was all over it. You know, I already knew what he was doing. He's you know trying to pull that jinx on me, trying to pull these these garbage, you know, whatever. He texts me, you know, dear Jesus, goddamn, all that Catholic schooling. I want to use my one miracle fuck world peace. And, you know, he got it. But, you know, I was watching the game. Second drive, Jimmy G throws a touchdown. I'm like, all right, this thing is over. You know, he already has like eight point, eight points or something like that. I'm like, if he can get to 15, I'm solid. And he's already over halfway there, two drives in. So, you know, on Monday nights, I go usually and play basketball. So, you know, it was halftime to the Seahawks game. Hollister had one catch. Breda hadn't done anything. You know, Jimmy G did lose the fumble, but still he had like 7.5 points. i was still feeling real good. So I get to open gym, I'm playing you know there's a break in between games, and one of the one somebody there has a game on their phone, and I see that the Seahawks are now up fourteen to ten, and so I ask the guy, "Hey, who scored the touchdown for the Seahawks and he goes. I think it was Jacob Hollister. And that's when my night just went downhill. (laughs) I go to my phone, I open it up. Hollister has like four catches for 45 yards and touchdown. Jimmy G, who had like seven and a half points at half, now has like four and a half points. I'm losing by like eight or something like that. So, you know, I get home from basketball right when overtime's starting. I'm like, all right, if the Seahawks, if the Seahawks lose the coin toss and the 49ers get the ball. Jimmy G has a chance to drive down, throw a touchdown, all win the game. You know, lots of debate about the the coin toss with Geno Smith. I don't know what the fuck he said, but he said Hails
0: from what I but heard. But
1: whatever, the Seahawks won the toss. Jimmy G didn't do shit. He fucking scored nine point nine points, same as Aaron Rodgers' bum ass. I lose to Connor. And I know what you guys are thinking you know Erickson's lost two games in a row his team's fallen downhill I just want to remember you know i maybe i may have lost a couple battles but the war is not over i'm still climbing for that championship you know i'm like the i'm i'm a great general you know i'm i'm one of the best generals in the you know the EIG i'm like the Ulysses S Grant of fantasy football you know so i still have hopes you know that as a strong general my team's going to win the war and uh, take home the titles you're not worried about two straight losses
0: well, uh, sorry guys, I kinda blacked out there. I kind of just missed what Eric just said. Anyways, uh yeah, what a great weekend. You know, I think Eric, you know, if you'd gone to Catholic school more often, maybe when you were younger, you know, gone to confession a couple times, I think Jesus would have pulled one out for you. Unfortunately, Jesus never pulls out and I win. You'd love to see it. Anyways, on to the next game, probably the most hyped game of the weekend. It was the waste management bowl. We had Jordan versus Chris, two of our bottom feeders. Sorry, Jordan battling it out. And actually Jordan was able to come out on top. So Jordan, I'm going to give you the floor. Tell me about what happened.
2: You know, I was uh, going into the week. I was obviously really confident that I could take this, take this win home. I mean, real quick here, just looking at Chris's starting lineup. he had G- Gio Bernard. Yeah, it's an RB two. Nicole Hardman, Adam Humphreys, Darius Laden, Alex Erickson. That's five guys, all of which are owned in less than 20% of ESPN leagues right now. <laughs> So, All starting. He did start in Erickson, though, so I want to give Chris a shout-out. Shout-out. Quick shout-out starting
0: in Erickson. True, true, shout-out, true.
2: Erickson. But anyway, with that lineup, I mean, you know, it was it was pretty obvious to me that was going to be a blowout. And then, uh, you know, the game started on Sunday in that early wave, and I was getting a little nervous because obviously Slayton had the huge game, and then you had Hardman and Humphreys each had one catch for a long touchdown. Um, so you know that I think that was that one Oh seven was about the most points possible for that starting line to put up. So, you know, luckily I was able to put up some points too and come out with the win.
0: Yeah. It's actually kind of crazy. If you didn't have Christian Kirk having quite a field day, it might've been a lot closer. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately for Chris, his team is absolute garbage. Yours is only slightly garbage, so you're able to come out on top. It's quite funny too, scoring 124 points. I mean, that's with the upper echelon of points uh, for the past week. Um, are you concerned about your team down the stretch?
2: I'm really not. I mean, you know, I've obviously been getting a lot of a lot of losses this season, but uh, throughout all of it, I've been pretty confident in my team, so I, I think we'll be able to. We will put it, get, put it together and win one of those last three games, stay out of the toilet bowl.
0: And I actually like that you played Ryan Tannehill. He's kind of had this weird, odd resurgence in Tennessee, uh, which is kind of odd to see. I don't even know how else to describe it. When they sat Mariota, I was like, oh, here we go. We got the Tannehill show. Um, but Tennessee is actually – they pulled an upset over KC, and they look pretty solid. So it uh, looks like a good pickup for you, Jordan. Uh, best of luck in the future. Uh, just want to give a quick shout-out to Mecole Hardman for not getting negative points this week.
1: But uh, you know Chris did start a negative score for the second straight week with uh, Gio Bernard finishing with negative 0.
0: 0.7. Yeah, you know uh, I always say don't start guys who score negative points. You know, it's one of my rules of fantasy. Clearly Chris does uh, I started attention. two
1: people this week with negative points against you Connor, so uh, you're welcome there.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. God, you know, I, I really love the decision making you had this past weekend it really helped me out moving forward. We, just, we had the battle you know, Connor. Of... I got to the... say,
1: <laughs> I got something to say real oh, quick. Oh yeah. Here. Go ahead. Uh, you know, to give you guys an inside look on the questionable for Sunday podcast, you know, as you, most of you know, we have the little show sheet, uh, you know, to give the host some guidance and, uh, you know, the recaps, we have to do it, you know, to recap the previous week, but, you know, maybe not always the most exciting part of the podcast. Some of you are probably skipping through it, you know, and in order to try to spice it up, I've tried adding some notes in on each of the matchup. you know, highlighting some stats or some players. And uh, Connor, I got to say, you're just totally brushing over my notes right now. What's up with that?
0: Well, uh, like, like you said, they're your notes. Anyways, looking at the <laughs> uh, Battle of the Beauties, as I'm calling it, we got Jerry gets a win over Curtis. Uh, this was actually quite close, 110.2 for Jerry, 103.2 for Curtis. Uh, Jerry, That was actually Jerry's lowest scoring week since a 143 to one f- 105.4 loss to Joe in week five. Yes, I just read some notes. Uh, thank you, Eric. Thanks, Connor. We appreciate it. Got to give a shout out. Uh, you know, this is actually one of the games I was watching. Um, if Curtis was able to steal one from Jerry, that would have greatly helped his playoff chances. Uh, Curtis is sitting in fifth place at five and five. He's still in the hunt. Um, He's got a solid squad. Uh, I'd say Russell Wilson kind of had an underperforming game with only 16.5 points. He did get uh, a bunch of points from Mark Andrews and Melvin Gordon, who's so having quite the resurgence. Uh, RIP my bet with Eric about Giovanni Bernard. Uh, looking at Jerry's team, though, I mean, he's just too good. He's got Nick Chubb. Fortunately, he started Alexander Madison and was still able to win. Lamar Jackson with 33.3 points. Literally cannot be stopped. He's looking like almost one of the front runners for MVP this year. Um, I think everyone's talking about Russell Wilson um, or Christian McCaffrey, but I think Lamar Jackson's the dark horse. He's been leading a really good Baltimore squad to a lot of recent victories, getting Tyreek Hill back so late in the game, even with such a great record. I really think that Jerry's team is absolutely fantastic. Even with an absolute goose egg by Cooper Cup, he was able to get a victory over a very skilled opponent. So uh, clearly Jerry is more attractive than Curtis. Looking forward to our next. I just game. gotta say, you know. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah, go. Yeah,
1: sure. You know, Connor. Obviously, go it's his it. first time hosting. He doesn't even give any time for his guests or his co-host to give their thoughts. Just wanted to uh, kind of agree with some of the sentiments there. I really think Jerry is proving himself as the front runner for the EIG championship. As you said, he scored one hundred and ten. Points this week—that's one of his lowest scoring outputs in a while. That's still uh, more than a lot of our teams are scoring on average, and that's what you said. One of his best players, Cooper Cup, scoring zero. So I really yeah, thought this was uh, an impressive performance for Jerry. It was more in my team by you know just a few points, but uh, you know I had multiple guys score less than zero. Jerry only had one, so you know step up, Jerry. You gotta have more guys score uh, negatives.
0: Uh, actually, he had no one score negative. He had someone score zero, but who's keeping track? Anyways, um, looking at the next game we have, uh, we had. Have... I'm calling it the Prince versus the Popper. It's Hobie versus Joe. I'm not sure which one's which. Uh, but we had a quite the resurgence from Joe Mixon. Hobie was able to take it 117.6 to 107.9. Hobie led by Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Michael Thomas having great games. Uh, Joe, you know, I'd say he got a good bunch of production from Dak Prescott with 25.8 points. Uh, a little disappointing from Chris Godwin, Alma Kamara, only getting about 10 and 11 each. You really want your star players to be scoring over 15 points in half PPR, especially with how deep we are um, with so many flex spots. Marlon Mack, I'd say, is kind of starting to unperform, a little fall off, some hit some type of cliff, not sure what's going on there. Even with 19 points from the Rams' defense, Joe was not able to pull it out. Um, as Eric noted in the, in the notes, for Joe, Montgomery falls back to earth. And uh, Prenz, six points. Uh, really, thank you for that, Eric. Hey, uh, Jordan, what do you think about uh, Hobie versus Joe this past weekend?
2: I thought you know, it was I thought it was pretty expected. Hobie's team's been on a heater, and he was just able to continue that. He's on a four-game win streak now. So, you know, he's looking pretty scary coming into the playoffs here.
0: He is. I think uh, Hobie, I think, is, has the second strongest team. Actually, a couple weeks ago, I think I said I wanted to have his team instead of mine. Or I thought it was the second best team behind mine. Sorry, I've been drinking a lot. It's hard to remember. Either way, I I only have good things to say about Hobie's team. It's very solid. Uh, This is an unfortunate loss for Joe, who's still in the playoff hunt at 5-5, rounding out the league in sixth place. But, you know, this late in the game, uh, it's actually quite crazy. We will have a segment later talking about a quick playoff picture. But it's crazy about how many teams are still in it. You'd love to see it um looking back to the next game we had the scrimmage of the sophisticated it was ben over tristan for some reason i don't really know why but i think of ben and tristan as like sophisticated people uh not really sure uh probably because i don't know him that well looking at ben you know this guy <laughs> traded for aaron jones i don't know what kind of idiot gave ben aaron yeah, jones dude. but he's been who's unstoppable. The
1: owner who, you know who's that general that traded aaron jones
2: Seriously, yeah do definitely that?
0: was might have been fighting for the confederacy who knows also coming in uh, big for Ben was Kyler Murray, 26.6. That was a great pickup in the draft. I think that Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson were two of the $1 or $2 quarterbacks that you could have drafted who have been overperforming and doing very well. He had Amari Cooper get 26.2. Entirely, his team was the top-scoring team at 145.3. Tristan Falls, he can only put up 82.9. There's not a whole lot to talk about this matchup. It was an absolute shellacking. Um, Once again, I think Ben, his team has been rising the past couple weeks. Um, I think he's one of the guys who could easily if he can get to the playoffs, which I think he will, he could do some damage. And I don't want to play Jerry, Hovey, nor Ben. Those are the three guys I'm trying to avoid. Uh, looking at Tristan's team, I mean he had a big game from Golden Tate, and that's about it. Um, Devin Singletary had a couple nice games previously, kind of falls back down to earth. Was that part of your notes, Derek? Oh, okay, it was not. Um Le'Veon Bell is also doing okay, but I mean there's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh any further yeah, got our... uh, I guess i to say sorry, uh, Eric uh, just...
1: Tristan starting Jason Witten as his it. tight end you know I think uh, Tristan's chances of making the EIG playoffs are about as good as Jason Witten getting an announcing job whenever he retires <laughs> Uh, Wow. All right, cue the joke bell there. Uh, We're moving on here. I'm going to take over here, going into Uh, our uh, last matchup. Okay,
0: looking going into our last game, (laughs) we had the Toronto Teabaggers, uh, one of my favorite names, beating Kyle Davis, shout out Kyle Davis, Andrew McCory, 115.8 to 77.6. Spencer had a really big day from Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, such a big day. I might just want to trade him away after that. Uh, He also had a really big day from the 49ers, who were able to get another touchdown. So, uh, I mean, the Seahawks – that was a great game on Monday. I don't want to talk about it again too much. But besides any fantasy relevance, that was just such a good game. It's even better by the fact that I beat Eric. Looking at McCory's team, 77.6 points. You know, with two flex spots and half PPR, that's just not enough points to win. That was the lowest scoring team this week. He even got 20.2 points from Jarvis Landry, a former member of my squad, who I traded away for basically peanuts, um, Jared Goff with the uh, shockingly low 3.6 points. Hey, Jordan, uh, do you think Jared Goff is a strong quarterback moving forward?
2: You know, it seems like he would be with that offense, but they just haven't been doing much. And I, I don't know. I'd be scared to start him
0: going forward. You know, I think he's the kind of player that he, uh, you know, he just looks for Cooper Cuff. And if he can't find him, he kind of just wings it. Um, and I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, something's going on with that offense. I think that a lot of people thought that the Rams were going to be this exact same team we saw last year. You saw, uh, you know, in the pre-draft projections, all three of those big-name wide receivers were top people to take. Uh, turns out, really, only Cooper Cup was the good one, and he scored zero points this week. So that's a unfortunate turn of events. Um, unfortunately, uh, McCrory left Kyle Rudolph on the bench scoring 17.4 points who actually he's going to have to play now that Austin Hooper just got an injury. He's going to miss some time, but you know, wouldn't have made the difference. Um, Spencer's team is just that much better. Um, Eric, anything you want to add?
1: Uh, you know, I just wanted to know, I I feel like, you know, early in the year, McCrory's team, he was what four and one. You know, he was real active in the Discord, talking a lot of smack, coming on the pod, making some bodacious claims. I mean, do we need to file a missing person report from McQuarrie? Has anybody heard from him uh, during this five-game losing streak? And uh, yeah, you heard me right. That's five games in a row that McQuarrie's lost. Uh, you know, in case you're wondering, the last time his team won a game was uh, on October 6th. Uh, since then... Uh, Just to kind of give you guys a timeline of some things that have happened since McQuarrie last won a fantasy football game. Oh, please. Thank you. The Washington Mystics, they won the WNBA title. The Houston Astros won the World Series. They cheated, though. Spencer traded seven running backs. Basketball season, both NBA and college have uh, tipped off since then. Connor the Mercurius, he found a full-time magician gig at Dave's Killer Magic Shop. They have great benefits. You know, Chris moved from his sewer in San Diego to a dumpster. And Jerry, Ah. I heard, changed his hairstyle six times.
0: Straight shade. Uh, for those of you at home who don't know what the word bodacious means, it means audacious in a way considered admirable. So actually, Eric, by saying he had a bodacious claim, you were actually admiring his claim. Wow, what a turn of events. Anyways,
2: hey, I that's just the wrap-up from too, last week. Uh, hey, Jordan, what do you want
0: to you want to wrap it up with something?
2: Real quick, I just want to point out uh, with McQuarrie. He started Robbie Gold at Kicker, who was ruled out before the game. Now, I know this game, this fantasy game was probably over before the Monday night game, but... At this point in the season, we got plenty of guys going for that six seed on points, so that's that's kind of inexcusable to leave a, a kicker who was rolled out in your starting lineup. I mean, you had plenty of time to to put in his replacement, so that's yeah, not, come that's on, not you know, that's a great point. Actually,
1: that's quite. It's been a rough. It's been a rough season for Mac. I, you know, I'm gonna pile on him here. Uh, You know, um, I'm a gambling man, so I'm in a super contest. For you guys who don't know what that is, Uh, you pick five games each week against the spread and. uh, you get points for wins and uh, half a point for tie. And so each week you're picking games. And uh, so far, Andrew's also in that Super Contest. Uh, so far this season, he's 17 wins, 32 losses, and one tie in uh, 10 weeks of pick. So uh, some real solid uh, football knowledge displayed by McCory there.
0: Hey, McCory, here's some advice. Uh, next time you're choosing which teams are going to win, flip a coin because those odds are better than the ones that you're picking. <laughs> Um, Also wanted to add really quickly that uh, Jordan had a note. uh, I was going to glance over it because I'm of the believer that the Questionable for Sunday podcast never makes a mistake, but at the same time, we always search for perfection. So Jordan, take the floor.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to say I really enjoyed the uh, EEIG trivia segment from last week because... You know, I've I've been taking a lot of heat on the pod over this season, and deservedly so, the way my team's been doing. But it was nice to kind of relive the glory days with that 0-7 team that was so dominant. Um, but anyway, along those lines, I got a text from Spencer yesterday, who was listening to the pod. So shout out Spencer if you're shout listening. Shout out Spencer, yet. what up? Um, but he was kind of heated about uh, the heat, the you know, the shots he was taken for for that uh, Lossman for Moss trade. Because according to him, it wasn't just Lossman for Moss straight up. It was Randy Moss for J.P. Lossman and Lee Evans. So, you know, clearly that makes the trade a lot
0: more even, right? <laughs> Who the hell is Lee Evans? Well, Evans Lee he Evans, he was the
1: number one receiver for the Bills, uh, you know, back when J.P. Lossman was quarterback.
2: That, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's going for that Bills stack there. That, uh, that 2007 season, Lee Evans had 849 yards and five touchdowns. So pretty much just as good as Moss with the 1,523. Yeah, almost got there.
0: Wow, that's embarrassing on our part. Uh, next time we do trivia, Eric, can you not make such a mistake?
1: Yeah, Jesus. I mean, my 2007 knowledge, not quite there. Uh, yeah. wow. My 2007 knowledge is about as good as Joe's Excel math skills.
0: That's true, actually. Uh, both of those suck. Also, I want to talk about something very quickly. Um, uh, Mr. McCory and I were talking trades last week. Uh, everyone knows that I've been looking for running backs all season. In fact, I've been trading for running backs, and they all suck or get injured. Terrible. Anyways, we were talking about possible traits, um, and uh, you know we were going back and forth, and uh, you know I was trying to you know talk about some players, and he basically said something like, basically I'm screwed. See y'all next season. And I was like, dude, you're not screwed because you're in the points right. You're in the playoffs right now based off points. And he's like, am I? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. I'm so down. I have no idea. LOL. And then in all caps, there's a chance. Um, and then he proceeded to not respond to any of my trade requests which is a damn shame uh but unfortunately after only scoring 77.6 points this week mccory you are no longer in the playoff hunt so uh maybe you should have traded with me that might have helped you out
1: and uh, you know a big day from his kicker you know could have gotten some more points there you know potentially uh could have major implications as we come down to playoff race and i just want to say good luck making a trade with mccory because it's probably the hardest thing in the league to do
0: Thanks for that. Anyways, going on to our next section, we have a Daily Fantasy. Uh, what does the S stand for?
1: Daily Fantasy Sports.
0: Really? We have to have a sports in there? ridiculous. Uh, we have a Daily Fantasy Sports recap from Eric.
1: All right. Uh, so, Hovey took down the FanDuel contest this week with a score of 147.42. Jordan was uh, close second. I think he had like 143 points. Um, so, just edged him out there. Hovey, led by Winston, Mike Thomas, Golden Tate, Derrick Henry. And he uh, takes home 25 bucks. So a shout out, Hovey. Um, And there's going to be another contest this week. Uh, So just make sure you Venmo me.
0: Roger that. Um, You know, actually, it's kind of funny um, about Daily Fantasy this past week. Uh, I actually did not partake. Um, I actually got food poisoning. So I was unable to put in a lineup, um, which actually sucks too. If we had that one segment previously about idiots in our other leagues, I kind of was shitting on some of my uncles uh, for drafting only white players. But unfortunately for me, I missed all the news Sunday morning because I woke up about 1130. I was up till five. I had a bad night. And I started Matthew Stafford in two of my leagues where I was in the playoff hunt. So I uh, lost both those games and you know still feeling the pain. However – just like everyone here, EEIG is my main leak. So it's all good. Anyways, uh, Connor, I got
1: to say, what do you, what's your diet like? I feel like uh, food poisoning has been a pretty common occurrence for you this year.
0: Yeah, I, I eat a lot of fish, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, all kinds of fish uh, and seafood, really. I'm on like this, it's like a ketogenic diet, but it has to have at least been born underwater. Um, so, so there are some mammals that do live like, in estuaries um, and in rivers and lakes. But since mammals are typically birthed on land, I try to exclude those kinds from my diet. So I eat a lot of, like, eels um, and snapper and uh, octopi. So it's been going pretty well. Um, I'm losing a lot of weight, mostly because I'm throwing up from uh, food poisoning every couple weeks. Now, our next section, we're going to take a quick look at the playoff picture. It's going to be real quick. I just want to be very clear with everyone here that no one has technically clinched – the playoffs, okay, which is awesome. I think that's so great. I think a part of that is a product of uh, some of the league changes we've done over the past couple years. Um, also, I think that this is just a really odd fantasy year. A lot of people um, are overperforming. A lot of people are underperforming, so it's been pretty brutal. In first place, we got Jerry's Berry sitting at 8-2, and two, the highest-scoring team in the league by about, uh, what, 90 points, 85 points. Awesome part. Whoa, let's not take our pants off just yet. whoever. Yeah, just skin real dipped. spicy
1: on the pod. Oh, so that know, sounded like, whoa, put Jordan,
0: put, put your two-headed dragon away, all right? My Jesus. bad, my bad. All good. Uh, hey, I'm talking about Jerry, all right? I get it. He's a good-looking dude, all right? But looking at his team, all right? I mean, he, his team has been unstoppable lately. Uh, even if he loses out and everyone else is still able to get in on uh, wins, I think he's basically a lock based off points alone. So we will definitely see Jerry. In the playoffs, we have three teams sitting at seven and three. We got Hovi, uh, my co host Eric, and me uh, all sitting at seven and three. So that would be a nice uh, chance if me and the co host can get in the playoffs. We can actually have some relevance. Although it might be nice if Eric was in the toilet bowl, to be honest. Uh, however, Hovi has about 100 more points than you do eric and about 150 more points than i do so regardless of how he does the next three weeks since there are only three weeks left in the season i think he's basically a lock based off of points as everyone knows the sixth spot goes to the highest scoring remaining team the first five go based off of record Um, Looking at uh, uh, the next group of teams. It's just Ben at six and four. He actually has the third highest scoring team So I think that Ben is also most likely a lock um, unless something actually shits the bed He has about the same points as Eric, but a little bit higher and looking at we have two teams that are five and five We have Joe and Curtis Um, and actually uh, Joe has the points uh, tie break over Curtis currently so It's kind of nice to see that the top six teams that we have, uh, Jerry, Eric, Hobie, Ben, Joe, and Connor, also have the six best records. Um, We implemented that points rule a couple years ago to make sure that you weren't getting absolutely screwed, but putting up a ton of points so you'd still make the playoffs even if you you were making the correct fantasy decisions. It's nice to see that they – while that rule still exists, you know, it's not going to be that dramatic this year. So you got to like it. Um, Now – oh, you have something to add, Eric?
1: No, I just agree with that. You know. Oh wow, you disagree? Well, wow. No, I got, I, but I do got agree. something. That you know, I got to take. You know, I definitely uh, looking at those top two spots. I definitely think you know Jerry's, you know, his team's been dominant. I feel like he's gonna lock up that number one seed. I also like Hovey's team to uh, take home a first round bye as well. Just looking at uh, you know this week he plays McCory, give him a win already. Next week he's got Tristan. That's gonna be another win. So I think uh, you know Hovey's gonna be a. Uh, uh, looking pretty that first round of the playoffs sitting at home watching everybody else duke it out.
0: It's true Also, I want to add very quickly that while I am fifth in points scored I did punt a week that just goes to show you how good my team is Hey Jordan, if you had to choose a team that besides Hovey or Jerry to win it all Who do you think has the best squad who could potentially take over some of those top hitters?
2: I? Might actually go with Ben's team. He's been putting up some points lately so I wouldn't be surprised if he if he keeps climbing that points standings and gets in there
0: that's true and it's also nice when uh your points against uh, are still under a thousand ben's been playing some good fantasy <laughs> defense this year that's probably right. helped him a little earlier in the year now his team's heating up so you get some of those early wins you always love to see it um now as we always do on the questionable for sunday podcast uh, we just want to thank some of our sponsors uh you know they keep us afloat they allow us to do this full time i quit my job two weeks ago uh i didn't even leave a note i just like didn't show up i think eric did as well uh, probably not the best decision for you eric the bun in the oven. Anyways, we do have an advertisement.
1: Yeah, kid on the way, but no, we got sponsors uh, helping us out putting money in our pockets here. Uh but yeah, thanks Connor. Uh, we got to ad here. You know, hey guys, it's Eric here, you know, you know who it is. But uh did you know that 40% of all Americans are circumcised? That number actually increases to 80% if you only include males. Circumcision is a practice that has existed for thousands of years and was first documented in ancient Egypt although the true origin remains unknown various theories have been proposed as to its origin including as a religious sacrifice and as a rite of passage marking a boy's entrance into adulthood it is part of the religious law of Judaism and is an established practice in Islam and some forms of Christianity i can tell you right now that i am circumcised and i love it you know i don't know about connor and jordan but you know i'm just speaking for myself here But the fact that I can't feel the tip of my penis opens up a world of sexual possibilities that I could have never imagined. Not only does circumcision reduce the sense of feeling on your prick, it has been shown to have numerous health benefits. Unfortunately, 20% of American men go the way of the gentle Gentile and still have an Intact and functional foreskin. The World Health Organization debates the precise function of the foreskin, which may include, quote, keeping the glands moist, protecting the developing penis in the utero, or enhancing sexual pleasure due to the presence of nerve receptors. And while the cool kids already got theirs removed years ago, at least three rem- members of the EEIG still have an intact foreskin. Boys, this one's for you. Introducing the MyBadonkBadouche for men with foreskin. All you know and love about the MyBedonkBedouche for men, now with the foreskin retractor. Don't let that retractable muscle tissue prevent proper cleaning of your urethra. Just extend your shaft, tighten the foreskin retractor onto the base of your penile member, grab the leverage cables, and pull back your foreskin. Now your manhood is ready to be washed by the MyBedonkBedouche Bedoucher men. Remember, insert the 10-inch stainless steel nozzle into your your urethra and start to pump the soap container and in less than 30 seconds that's right 30 seconds your knob will be as shiny as a baby's head after childbirth it's that simple struggling to wash your groin before you go to the office hours of that sexy puerto rican professor who definitely hits on you during differential equations don't let an intact foreskin prevent you from having a good time walking on your wife in the shower and decide you want to relieve relive your honeymoon just attach the locking mechanism to the base of your member, pull back the leverage cables, and she will be begging to cleanse your cock in no time. So guys, go to men slash foreskin Retractor and use the promo code EEIG for 4% off your next purchase. If you happen to be one of the unlucky members of the EEIG who still has your foreskin, that's no excuse to have a dirty wiener. With the simple tactile lock- locking mechanism, the foreskin retractor is a must-own for any uh, genital household. Go get yours today.
0: <laughs> good job, Derek. <Eric>. Oh, wow. <laughs> really good job, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude! Really good job, dude! <laughs> Great reading. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, just like Eric said, guys, please support the podcast. Uh, Go to uh, Uh, www.mybodonkbidet.com. Check out all their array of products. Um, If you need to get yourself a mobile vaginal douche or a penile douche or a foreskin retractor or just your regular old bidet, uh, use the promo code EEIG for 4% off uh, and make sure that you are a, a clean person. Awesome. Anyways, all right, moving on to our big segment of the week. I'm calling this Wife Swap Dirty Harry Edition. We will be going over every single trade that's occurred in the EEIG League so far. We're going to go over the winners, the losers. Now, there's four options, if you ask me. Either one team won, the other team won, both teams won, which is the unlucky version, or nobody won. Because at the end of the day, if a trade is so bad, literally everyone loses. I, before we start, I just got to say, I think I'm like losing some liquids after crying for the past five minutes. Uh, but I just want to say one thing. I've been so impressed with this league this year. I think that last year, and actually, you know, going back even farther, we definitely have not had that many transactions. I think people are concerned about being embarrassed about having a bad trade. Like, God, imagine trading away a top five running back in Aaron Jones. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Or people are concerned, like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about this. If this person's offering me a trade, what do they know that I don't know? Um, And actually, I don't want to give myself all the credit, but I do think that I called it at the beginning of the season. By increasing uh, our starting roster to add a flex spot and adding a bench position, I think that added a lot of flexibility to people's rosters, which allowed for a lot more trading and haggling, which is – I think it's awesome. It increases um, the league engagement. And it just makes the league a lot more fun. So, anyways, going you know, back, Joe, it
1: just shows Connor we should probably, you know, think about uh, removing kicker and defense and then adding uh, maybe some more flex options. Just Anyone throwing it that? out there and, I think I uh, into that. the universe.
0: Yeah, what people don't understand is that, like, I have Joe and Eric in my ear all the time, like asking for rule changes, you know, and basically I have to filter out their good ideas from the bad ideas and kind of you know, expand that out to the league. So, uh, yeah, that's an idea that no one's heard before because it's not a good idea. Uh, Anyways, first trade of the year happened on September 17th. Uh, The refrigerator for a refrigerator, Joe receives Baker Mayfield, Cleveland quarterback, and Ben receives Vance McDonald. Pittsburgh tight end now it's just at the beginning of the year when everyone thought that Baker would be actually be good and that Vance from Vance refrigeration would actually be good actually I was on the Vance McDonald hype train not gonna lie I actually totally bought the hype um I thought he'd get the targets um I thought he had the talent um and I thought that there were enough uh missing targets from the uh Pittsburgh offense that he would be able to take some of those did not expect Big Ben to uh be lost for the year now looking at who won that trade jordan who do you think won that trade baker mayfield for vance mcdonald
2: i'm gonna say nobody i mean neither of these guys are really startable fantasy options and they haven't really been all season however i did see that uh connor you just picked up vance mcdonald this week for two bucks so uh maybe you know something that we don't
0: uh no i don't actually i just (laughs) have no other options so thanks for bringing that up eric how about you man who do you think won this trade
1: uh i'm gonna agree with jordan here I'm going to say nobody. As uh, Jordan noted out, Vance McDonald's is no longer on Ben's roster. He's on Connors. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't believe, is rostered either. So uh, neither of these players brought much value to either team here. Uh, Connor, I got to say, I also had a ticket on the Vance McDonald hype train. So I was with you there and uh, pretty disappointed in what he's done this year.
0: Yeah, it has been a little disappointing. Actually, in a different league, uh, I actually drafted him as my lone tight end which did not work out well and i proceeded to drop him and pick him up about four times so kind of a running joke uh, i also think nobody won this trade i think this is based on a lot of speculation and unfortunately uh, neither of them panned out so unfortunate looking at the next trade on september 21st which is my sister's birthday we have the one syllable name first uh, sorry one syllable first name swap we had hovey receiving joe mixon and will disley and Joe receiving Zach. Ertz. I thought this was the first trade that actually mattered. I didn't really think that the advance for Baker trade was that important. Um, you have Hovey here who's actually taking a running back, which is you know uh, worth their weight in gold in our league, but losing a lot of value with Zach Ertz, who's been a proven top five tight end. Now this is actually before Will Disley really started to go off. I mean, obviously he had a great beginning of the year last year and got injured, so I think he had a. I think this might have been like the first week of the season. So, um, hey Eric, who do you think won this trade?
1: Uh, you know, I'm going to say both of these guys won this trade. Uh, may- maybe lean towards Joe a little bit, but I still think it was a great trade for both teams. At the time the trade was made, I thought it was a great trade for both teams. Hobie, um with some issues at running back, adds Joe Mixon. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it was early in the season, so higher hopes for Joe Mixon at the time. Joe got a, a stud tight end Zach Ertz. Obviously, Ertz and Mixon have been a little disappointing, um, but, you know, start looking like things may be pointing up for those guys. So still looking okay for both teams.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually I, I think I agree with you a little bit. I think this definitely leans Hovey's way if Will Disney does not get lost for the year. Um Jordan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree with all that. Had had Disley not get gotten hurt, then I'd say it'd be a pretty clear win for Hovey. But um, you know, since he is hurt, I'm gonna say Joe won this trade just because, you know, both those guys, Ertz and Mixon, have been underperforming but have kind of stepped it up a little bit recently, and I just think tight end is is uh you know, such a shallow position that you kind of put a premium on those guys. You can reliably start every week.
0: It's true, very true. All right, looking at our next trade happening on the uh, October second. This is the uh, Connor finally gets his RB two. Uh, Round one. Uh, I traded it away Jarvis Landry and Nyham Hines, which actually is a big deal. For those of you who don't keep track of my team every year, I feel like there's a couple names that always tend to pop up on my roster. Jarvis Landry is one of them. Um, I was really a big fan of him when he was on the Dolphins. He always gets a lot of targets. Uh, I think he led the league in receptions a couple years ago, even though he had nowhere near as many yards as he should have because, you know, just dink and dunk type deal. But, uh, you know, I was ready to get rid of him. I really needed an RB2. And let me tell you who I saw. I saw Chris Thompson. McCorey gave me Chris Thompson, who was a guy I was targeting. I'm a big fan of him, too. He's been on my roster a couple of years. Pass catching back for the Redskins. He also threw in Philip Dorsett just to put a little sweetener on the deal. And, uh, you know, looking back, though, I got to be honest. I got to give this trade to McQuarrie. Um, Out of the four players, I mean, Chris Thompson, uh, the first running back I traded for, He got injured. The next week, uh, I think that Philip Dorset, I end up trading him away a couple weeks later, has been a little bit non-existent since then. The only serviceable player has been Jarvis Landry, so you hate to see it. Um, if I remember correctly, Eric came out pretty hard on McCoury in the podcast; uh, was pretty aggressive about it. Um, Eric, has your have your feelings changed?
1: I mean. Not really. I mean, McCrory won the trade, but just kind of by default, Chris Thompson obviously being injured and never really being a player you could start obviously hurt you in this deal. Philip Dorsett, you mentioned you traded later. Not like he really would have given you much value anyway. Um, Jarvis Landry, really the only player who's done much of anything in this trade. I mean, Naheem Hines, he's not even rostered anymore. Uh, Thompson, I would say, is almost droppable at this point, just given his health and now the crowded backfield on Washington. So uh, you got to give it to McCoury, just by default here. Obviously, hindsight and looking back now, you, uh, things may have changed, but kind of an inconsequential trade either way.
0: Yeah, speaking of dropping Chris Thompson, I did that earlier for a kicker. Now, Jordan, please tell me that you think I won this trade.
2: Nope, going to stick with McCoury here. I mean, pretty much agree with what you guys said. Landry's been decent, and everybody else is kind of – done nothing so
0: yeah I think if I was a superhero my power would be like finding low-end wide receiver twos I don't really know what it is but I feel like my team's full of them all right moving on to our next trade uh, this one happened on the 5th of October uh, the secret gem, as I called I think when it happened we all were um, kind of on the border it seemed relatively fair um, I think that um, it you know it was one of those trades where you have a big name going for two players and Odell Beckham Jr. has definitely underperformed this year. Um, ben actually traded for Aaron Jones and Deontay Johnson, which was an awesome pickup. And Eric received Odell Beckham Jr., um, who has definitely not lived up to the hype. Aaron Jones, as everyone knows, has been essentially a top five running back this year. Um, running really, back
1: three at this point, if, in case you're uh, keeping track at home.
0: Uh, I know Eric is. Uh, speak of the devil, Eric. How do you feel this trade went down?
1: okay here we go uh you know at the time i made the trade i was obviously very happy with the deal my a little thin at wide receiver at the time aaron jones is my third best running back so i was able to get who i thought was going to be a you know a wide receiver one in in exchange for the worst of my starting running backs you know i threw in deontay johnson as kind of as a sweetener hoping it would uh help ben uh take the deal but you know I just want to say, I know you. I know what you guys are thinking out there. You go, oh, Eric, what an idiot. He traded Aaron Jones, RB3. You know, I'm just going to put it out there. I was trying to trade Aaron Jones all since the beginning of the year, and all you guys were laughing at me at all my offers I was making you, telling me how much Aaron Jones sucks and how it was ridiculous what I was trying to get out of offers for you guys. So just to say all you guys can fuck off, because now that he's RB3, you all wish you had him on your team. Uh, besides Ben, he's the only one that doesn't have to fuck off because Ben does have him on his team.
0: Strong words from someone who just lost a pretty big trade. Uh, Jordan, how do you think this trade went? I'm going to, let me guess. You're going to say that actually Eric won this trade.
2: Eric definitely did not win this trade. Although when the trade happened, I thought it was a big win for Eric. Cause you know, at the time Aaron Jones, I thought was maybe the best sell high candidate in the entire league with, you know, he's a running back. Who's getting a lot of touchdowns and not many yards. So I just figured there's no way he could keep that up. And I was one of those guys who turned down multiple trade offers for Aaron Jones. Uh, but, you know, as it turns out, he's kept up that rate. So that was a, you know, good job by Ben taking that trade.
0: That's a good point, actually. I mean, I think a lot of us think of the Green Bay Packers. We think Aaron Rodgers. We think maybe someone's in the closet. We think of a high-power throwing <laughs> offense. Um, you know, Aaron Jones has definitely got a lot of touchdowns per touch. I don't know. I, I think I was reading some stats. Like the other day, and that when it comes, if you take away touchdowns, he's actually not, you know, that productive of a running back. He's definitely not RB three, but he's definitely overperformed in that regard. I mean, their offensive mantras changed this year. They are running the ball a lot, uh, which really sucks because I definitely drafted Aaron Rodgers. I'm also, I will admit, I am also one of the people who turned down a trade for Aaron Jones uh, from Eric. Felt like Eric was trying to get him away for nothing at some point, which is a little suspicious. And I just want to say very quickly that I had Odell Beckham Jr. pegged as a uh, uh, someone who would not do well this year. Uh, just want to give myself a little pat on the back. Uh, you're now-
1: also, I got to say, while you pat yourself on the back, you know, you're pretty high on Juju Smith's shoes this year. So I uh, um, just, just wanted to point that out for those uh, following along to Connor's uh, pats on the back at home. That's
0: a good point. How did I not predict that Big Ben would... injured for the year good point Eric now on the 9th of October we had some OBJ hot potato action or actually Eric took OBJ he traded the Spencer he gets back Damian Williams running back for the Kansas City Chiefs and Sony Michelle for the Patriots Wow what a trade I'm just gonna say I think that Eric definitely won this trade I mean at the time I actually thought this was a more lopsided trade uh, than the Aaron Jones Deontay Johnson it felt like if you compared Aaron Jones Deontay Johnson to Damian Williams Sony Michelle but like Damien Williams and Sonny Michelle were a lot better value, so that's kinda odd. At the same time though, I think that Michelle's kinda fallen off a little bit, but Damien Williams definitely had a resurgence in KC. I'm sticking with Eric. Jordan, how do you think this trade went down?
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know, it was a good move by Eric to to make the quick quick uh swap there with OBJ. Eric, I just want to ask, was that your plan all along or were you planning on maybe keeping him?
1: Uh no, definitely not my plan when I originally made the trade with Ben. I just think uh, you know, at the time Given how injury could have potentially derailed my team at the running back position, is kind of my lack of depth there. I had uh, David Johnson, and Dalvin Cook, and then really no one else after that who you felt confident starting every week. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I did start Odell the one week. That was the Monday night game against San Francisco. He had like three points. So I, I kind of felt like if I was going to trade OBJ, I would have had to sell low. But I feel like I didn't really, didn't really even sell low here, so I was happy with it. Yeah, it
2: was a good move.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about this trade, Eric?
1: I mean, I'd, I I guess you'd say after when it, although Beckham, you mentioned it's been pretty disappointing. Not that uh, Michelle or Damian Williams have been world beaters, but uh, I just think given the lack of depth at running back, being able to add uh, two guys who you can feel comfortable starting in any given week uh, definitely gives myself the edge.
0: Yeah, just a little PSA for the league. If you're interested in trading for Sonny Michelle, Eric is literally trying to give him away. So
1: send I'm him a text. Tr- Whoa, easy there.
0: Anyways, uh, moving on to our next trade. October 17th, we had the first blockbuster deal, the Phantom Blockbuster. Joe traded away Le'Veon Bell, T.Y. Hilton, and Devil Singletary. And Tristan traded away David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, and Dak Prescott. I remember waking up. And I saw this trade because I basically get pinged every time there's a trade to push it through. And I was a little confused at first. And I started to realize I think Joe just really liked Dak Prescott. So I kind of thought it was a, a Joe-favorite trade. I think that looking back, it's even more so a Joe-favorite trade. This is exactly why people don't want to trade with Joe because they're like, this guy knows something that I don't know. So I'm definitely missing something. And let me tell you what. Sauron won on the 17th of October. Eric, who do you think won this trade?
1: You know, at the time, I was uh, pretty adamant about how this uh, trade leaned heavily in Joe's favor. And, you know, looking back now, it's definitely leading in Joe's favor. David Montgomery, you know, in two of the three weeks, Joe's had him. He scored over 20 points. Alvin Kamara now back from injury. You like him moving forward over Le'Veon Bell. And uh, also, D- Dak Prescott um, been really solid. He's a security. You can start every week, not have to worry about him. So Joe was able to improve at that position. And, you know, for Tristan, Devin Singletary, he, he's had some increased production as well. Um, so that was a nice boost for his team. But T.Y. Hilton now injured and Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, he's been battling injury as well. Been a little unproductive in a few games. Or, I mean, not unproductive, but uh, maybe not Disappointing, the, the RB1 so. production, right. the big time production you're looking for out of your number one back. So um sticking with my what I said when the trade was made
2: and uh, giving the edge to Joe.
0: Jordan, when this trade first went down, um, what what was your initial impression?
2: So when you have big trades like these 3 for 3s and stuff like that, I tend to side with the with the team who gets the better player, the best player, which in this case it's was a good decision. Yeah, which in this case was Kamara, so I'm going with Joe. I went with Joe when it went when the trade went through and and now I'm sticking with it. But I do like Bell going forward though just because the Jets have probably the easiest schedule in the NFL going forward, so who knows? He might go off coming in this uh, second half here.
0: That's true, um, and it actually is a little unfortunate that T. Y. Hilton um, has been injured, and unfortunately, even if he was back, Jacoby Brissett was just injured last week, uh, and everyone saw what happened with Hoyer, the Destroyer. Even still, though, I think this uh, this trade definitely goes in uh, Joe's favor now. Um, recurring theme of this section: uh, Connor finally gets his RB two round two, which happened on the nineteenth of October. I traded uh, away Philip Dorsett, who I just picked up. And uh, Joe gave me everyone's favorite RB2, Giovanni Bernard, who, uh, if you guys don't remember, scored negative points this week. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a clear victory for me. Yeah, I think this is one of those trades that's just an absolute blowout. I mean, God, how embarrassing for Joe to uh, trade away such a stud like Giovanni Bernard. Quite disappointing. I mean, you assume with the talent level in our league that, you know, there's actually some type of competition. But uh, clearly Joe dropped the ball on this one. Uh, Eric, tell me how you feel.
1: Uh, you know, I did put neither, but probably got to give the advantage to Joe because, you know, Gio Bernard, the week you made this trade, wasn't this the week you scored 33.7 points?
0: That is that is correct.
1: Uh, so I just wanted to put that back out there. Um, but I think the week that you traded Dorsett, he did catch a touchdown. I think Joe might have started him. So Joe did get something out of Dorsett there. I
0: actually think you're correct. Uh, and
1: I even though I don't think Dorsett's going to be played by Joe the rest of the season— um, I guess you never know what could happen. Maybe an injury hurts Joe and Dorsett fills the role.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the best of ability is availability and I had no one else to play. All right, Jordan, break the tie.
2: Listen, Geo's going to ha- end up with a better season than Melvin Gordon, right? I think so.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I got to side with Connor here.
0: Hell yeah, <laughs> my guy, dude, my guy. Oh god, you know you love to see, you know you love to see it. All right. Uh, oh wow, uh, on the 24th of October we had another trade. Uh, Connor finally gets his RB round three, where I traded Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Giants, to Ben, who gave me Matt Breda, the running back for the Niners. Um, I'm actually gonna start off on this one. I think this was a uh, Ben favored trade when it went down. I think I lost a little bit of value. Uh, tight ends pretty tough position to fill, and Breda is not some type of uh, you know top 20 running back. He's basically you know a low end RB2, high end RB3. Uh, but to be honest, it did make my team better. It made both teams better. But I think that Ben had a little bit more value. Now, unfortunately, since then, Evan Ingram uh, has been out. He missed a game, got injured, and actually Matt Breda just got injured. He's going to miss next week too. Uh, Jordan, tell me what you think about this trade.
2: I thought it was pretty even. I'm going to lean on Ben's side just because, again, going back to that, how shallow the tight end position is. You really need guys that you can reliably start. So I like him picking up Ingram there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ingram has had a a pretty good start to the year, although it seems like he's kind of slowed down a little bit. Not sure if that's due to injury or uh, with Golden Tate coming back, taking some of those targets away from uh, Danny Dimes. Eric, what do you think about this
1: trade? I'm going to agree with the sentiment that this was a good trade for both teams. Um, You know, at at the time, Connor, you were really desperate for a second running back. Matt Breida was uh, by far and ahead the the second best running back on your team after you dealt for him besides McCaffrey. And uh, for Ben... You know, I think the the week before he made this trade, he started Luke Wilson at tight end. He scored zero points. True. So obviously any uh, quality tight end, a guy like Evan Ingram, who you can get and start at that position every week, um, was a big upgrade for him.
0: That's a very good point. Now, uh, I just think so far, can I just reiterate how much fun it is Maple people trade in this league? Do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, I think it's awesome.
0: It, it's just making things more fun. Uh, You know, it increases, you know, you're texting people all the time. In fact, I I probably haven't done a single thing at work for a good month, just trying to look for running back. It's just fantastic. Now, on the 11th, sorry, on the 7th of November, we had the second blockbuster, Attack of the Blockbusters, where we had Hovey receiving Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, and Hunter Renfro from Spencer, who got in return Austin Eckler, Golden Tate, and Emmanuel Sanders. Eric, tell me who won this trade.
1: I think this one is pretty clear. It was a a win for Spencer. Um, He obviously, you know, Jordan mentioned that, uh, you know, a lot of times with these 3-for-3 deals, you're looking at who got the best player. And in this case, Hovey did get the best player. He did get Chris Carson. True. But, uh, you know, at the time of the trade, I would argue that Hovey gave up three starters and only got one in return, even though he got Three players. So, you know, Kareem Hunt, he did have a good game last week. He did better than I thought he was going to do. But I, at the time, and even now, I think maybe there's a lot of other players you could uh, have looked at, or maybe even, you know, could trade for. Who are better than Cremont Hunt and Hunt for Renfro? I could probably find a receiver on waivers right now that I'd rather start than Hunter Hunter Renfro. All
0: right, let's do it. Let's let's so, see. All right, let's let's see who we got. So you go to Add Players on ESPN.com. Let's see the free agents. I'm going to sort by wide receiver. Should we sort by position rank or last game?
1: I mean, I'm just talking about like on a week to week basis. Davis, someone who yeah, I want, to, who I'd MBS, feel comfortable picking up and starting.
0: James Washington.
1: I mean, look, Alex Erickson is on waivers. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, Dante Moncrief, too. Uh, But, you know,
1: as continuing on my point here, you know, Spencer, obviously, wide receiver, his weakest position. He was able to add two really quality starters at that position, Golden Tate and Emanis Sanos. And even though he gave up a running back in Chris Carson, his best running back, he was able to get a running back back in return who's definitely started one every week in, in Austin Eckler. I think, looking at this trade, I think Hovey could have gotten a player like Chris Carson And maybe only giving up one starter if he was willing to deal like Mike Evans or, you know, figure out a way if Spencer really wanted Mike Thomas to maybe get two players in return back from Spencer. um, I think a deal like that would have benefited him a lot more than the deal that he made. And I actually think this trade is a trade that is kind of that pushes his team down in the overall power rankings of the season.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I just want to quickly add a fun fact. Uh, Yeah, James Washington is a free agent right now, and I'm kind of confused because we're actually going to talk about him in our waiver wire segment. And now I see it uh, listed as a transaction. Uh, Literally after this podcast started recording, uh, Spencer dropped him. It's fun to know. Um, Hey, Jordan, who do you think won this trade?
2: I agree with Eric. I think Spencer won this one. I mean, Chris Carson was the best player involved, but, uh, you know, that's just – given up too much for him three starters three pretty good starters um i i would have liked I, I mean i like that he was going after kareem hunt i would have liked if he could buy low on him just because it's you know it's a bit of a gamble who knows how much work he's gonna get but you know this was certainly not buying low on uh on hunt so it's just too much to give up
0: true it was a lot to give up um once again you know hopefully one of those top teams we'll have to see how he does i think he's in a position where he's uh going he's, he's basically shaping his squad for the playoffs um and spencer is shaping his squad to not lose a total bowl so you gotta I, love I, that part of the season where i got people one are go a little desperate. Sorry, Oh yeah no go ahead no no, go go ahead and keep interrupt going. no i know no, no. you're the
1: host drive 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 the show so oh,
0: hey guys fyi eric just clarified that i am actually the host jordan do you know that
1: i do now
0: there you go uh actually eric, go ahead what do you got to say
1: But, uh, you know, earlier, you know, before we were recording, we were mentioning a conversation that was had on Friday between some members of the league. Uh, Jordan, you were there, Uh, it was myself, Spencer, Hovey, and Joe, we were all watching the UW game, and, you know, we let Hovey know that we definitely thought Spencer won the deal, and, you know, he's going off last week on the pod, and on Friday about, you know, He 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 tunes into the pod and all he hears is everyone going off on him. And now look at him, his team's you know whatever it is seven and three. And uh, you know I'm gonna give some insight that he gave us uh, to the trade. He said that he part of his reason for making the deal with Spencer uh, for Chris Carson was that. He knew that Spencer was also in a serious talks with Jerry to trade Jerry Chris Carson. Wow. And he says, you know, if Jerry would have gotten Chris Carson, then, you know, he might as well cancel the league. It's over. Jerry's team would win it all. And so, you know, he wanted to save everyone from, uh, you know, Jerry's team being all dominant. So he made the deal with Spencer.
0: What a martyr. Anyways. Uh, now looking at the next trade on the ninth, Of November Uh, by the way uh, really quickly uh, shout out Hovey shout out Hovey shout out Hovey we had the uh, I'm calling it the biggest trade of 2017 Um, ignore the fact that there's a rookie involved you had Spencer receiving Todd Gurley and AJ Brown Uh, for those who don't know AJ Brown is a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans and Todd Gurley is a husk of him former of his former self damn it I fucked that up Tristan in this trade received golden Tate Uh, Wide receiver for the Giants slash Lions slash Seahawks. And he received Devontae Freeman, uh, who we all know now is absolute garbage. Uh, Hey, Eric, who do you think won this trade?
1: You know, at the time the trade was made, I would have said that Tristan won the trade. Because I felt like the difference between Gurley and Freeman, I do like Gurley more, but I think it's pretty minuscule and how I would shape them the rest of the season. But obviously, Golden Tate much better than A.J. Brown. But now after one week has passed since the trade is made looking on now, pretty obvious that Spencer has won the trade, given that Devonta Freeman is now injured and out for at least a couple weeks here.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, Devonta Freeman's been uh, quite underperforming this year as well. You can say the same thing about Gurley, although he's always going to get his touches. He's just not the same top five guy that he's been. Jordan, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, the Freeman injury makes it pretty obvious. I mean, he. Rather take Gurley than than an injured Freeman, so
0: <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Now on the twelfth of November we had our third blockbuster, revenge of the blockbusters. Hey Jordan, do you know the theme of all these blockbuster trades?
2: I'm seeing a lot of revenge. Oh, that's Star Wars movies, isn't it?
0: Hell yeah! You got it right. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And the best Star Wars movies, the prequels. Um, There you go. We have had three awesome blockbuster trades. I actually prefer talking about these or, you know, uh, making these types of trades over the, you know, Giovanni Bernard Phil Dorsett trades because they are, you know, league-changing trades. They could turn one team from out of the playoffs and bump them right up. uh, And at the same time, you can knock some down and all of a sudden make your team suck. So we had Spencer... Uh, received Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, you heard it. You heard me. The running back for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, top five player. Yeah, you heard me. While Chris, in return, received Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, who was just making the rounds. Uh, if you don't remember, he's a uh, rookie wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. And LaShawn McCoy. Now, this was kind of an odd one. It was a three-for-one, and I don't understand why um, – Spencer didn't also get who Chris dropped. Like, I don't understand why they did, didn't do a three for three. Like I, I actually don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Jordan, tell me a little about this trade. Where were you when you saw that Ezekiel Elliott was traded? You
2: know, I actually don't remember where I was, but I think this is a classic example by Spencer of a, of a uh, buy low and a sell high. He's selling high on Henry and buying low on Zeke after a, a lackluster uh, performance on Sunday. But yeah, I think this is a clear win for Spencer. I mean, I I don't really have much else to say. It's just, uh, you know, Zeke's clearly the best player here. Henry's coming off a couple of huge games. It's a good, good opportunity to sell him there for him. So,
0: That's a great point. Eric, uh, tell me that you think that Chris won this trade.
2: C- Connor, you know, I have a lot to say on
1: this trade, so I, I think I want to let you go first and hear your take before I uh... – inevitably hold up the podcast
0: well you've already held it up about twice already so i'll just go ahead you know i think the best part of this trade was the gif of bill cosby that tristan put in the discord right. that was i saw awesome. that thing and i just started laughing so goddamn hard i don't know why like he does that weird thing with his head i'm pretty sure he's driving um to a trial for sexually assaulting women um, shout out to bill cosby uh honestly you know, Chris got a lot of heat in the Discord for this. Uh there was a whistle involved. There were a lot of words. <laughs> I think that this is actually a fairer trade than everyone's making it out to be. And hear me out. The big problem with this trade is that Derrick Henry has a bye-week. Okay. So you're literally missing out on a week of production. From Derrick Henry. Now, over the course of this season, Derrick Henry has actually scored more points per game than Ezekiel Elliott. Sure, Zeke has the big name. He was a big target, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. But Henry has been uh, higher production for this past year. Adding in Lashawn McCoy, um, Chris, I talked a little about this. Uh, he like the idea of having another running back he could play. For him, he's not trying to win this week or next week. His team's basically get, not gonna make the playoffs. He's in the toilet bowl. He's trying not to lose the toilet bowl. My big problem though is that LaShawn McCoy, who, you know, is quite uh, quite old was actually, you know, he. I believe they're actually reducing his carries. I think Andy Reed came out and said they want to give the ball more to Darwin Thompson. So this is a guy I don't really want to touch right now. Now at the same time, the Chiefs are on a little bit of a losing skid, so maybe they'll change that. Uh, cause, you know, because obviously they want to win, and make the playoffs. Um, I think it leans Spencer's way, but I think it's a lot closer than we give it credit for. Now, Eric, if you want to blow up our ears for the next ten minutes, floor is yours.
1: All right, so Connor, I just got to say, I, I think you saying that this trade is leans towards more towards even than people want to give credit for, may be worse than your take that Giovanni Bernard would outscore Melvin Gordon this season. I mean, I think this is in the running for the worst trade to ever go down in EEIG history, the most lopsided trade of all time. I mean, I'm going to start calling Spencer Suleiman Sonnenberg because he's like a Nigerian prince scamming you guys right now with these deals. I mean, come on. Ezekiel Elliott for Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and LaShawn McCoy. I mean, yeah, Henry's been pretty good this year. He's obviously an RB1, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott, looking forward to the rest of the season, you'd much rather have him. And looking at the other two players Chris got, Chris should be getting three starters in return for Zeke Elliott if he wants to make his team better. I mean, you you mentioned LaShawn McCoy. He was a healthy scratch this week. They're already redu- they're talking about reducing his workload. Damian Williams has uh, looked like... the you know, look like he may be taking over the lead role there. Who knows what McCoy is going to be the rest of the season? Yeah, he may he, he's still going to have a role, but it's not going to be as their lead ball carrier. And A.J. Brown, why do you want to own a Tennessee receiver? He's not even startable. It's like the same thing as Hunter Renfro. There's guys on waivers that you'd rather pick up and start if you had to than A.J. Brown. I mean, this is a terrible trade. And then you, you mentioned it already, Chris, I mean— your team's two and eight, Chris. Your only chance of making the playoffs is if you score enough points to get the last spot. So you No, he's to have, not gonna he's not gonna make the playoffs. You have to have three huge weeks in a row, and Derrick Henry's on bye this week. Like you're so you're throwing away the best player you got in the deal can't even help you out this week when you need to score points to make the playoffs. This was awful. And I more. oh I got more to say. Okay, oh,
0: yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to let so, it sit for
1: a little bit, but yeah, keep going. Thanks for letting it sit, because this reminds me of something. You guys
0: just want to mute something. the podcast next
1: two minutes before so, the walkthrough? you know, I... I was trying to trade for Ezekiel Elliott as
0: well. Oh, really? Oh, Shocker. classic so I, I Eric raging about someone not accepting a trade. I made classic. an offer It all to Chris makes sense now. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> Ezekiel
1: Elliott for David Johnson, Sonny Michelle, and DJ Chark. That was the offer I made, Chris. So while, you know, obviously no running back, the same caliber as Derrick Henry, I'll admit that, David Johnson does have the potential to get there, obviously oh, yeah. to be seen. Sonny Michelle would... Clearly better than Lashawn McCoy, much better would be a clear cut Chris's RB two and DJ Chark, who would be a nice solid wide receiver too, to uh, to Hopkins in Chris's lineup. So I thought, you know, I thought that was a pretty solid offer I made to Chris, and I also made an offer for just Patrick Mahomes a one for one. So well, that's he, not related to this. So. He responded back to me saying, I the 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 three for one trade was the second trade I offered him. And then he said, I do the latter. I don't want to get rid of Mahomes. And so then I responded back, you want to do the Zeke deal? I'm good with that one. And then about like, he didn't respond until about an hour later. He just responded with a ghost emoji and the emoji of like the guy smiling with his teeth clenched. So I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? So I was like, whatever. I'm going to send Chris the offer on ESPN. I'll let him know that the offer's there. And I go, I was just going to text him and say, you know, whenever you accept it, I'll let Connor know. And we'll push it through. And I go to make the trade offer, and I see Derrick Henry's on Chris's team. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I look at this garbage trade, and I go, you took that trade over mine? And he goes, yeah, sorry, liked it better. And then when I talked with Spencer, it seems like part of the appeal of Chris taking the trade was just to fucking piss me off.
0: Well, oh, and, you know, and, and to make his team better. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say, actually, I got a question for Jordan. Um, hey, Jordan, what's up, man? How are you doing? pretty good man sorry about my co-host he kind of just starts to ramble (laughs) quick question uh would you rather have derrick henry aj brown and Lashawn mccoy or dj chark sonny michelle and david johnson
2: uh i'd take chark michelle and johnson i think for sure actually yeah that's that's not close for me yeah weird you know an owner (laughs) who has
1: won the league you know agreeing with a solid offer you know people always want to dog on me about the offers i make
0: i don't know man i feel like i feel like david johnson I, I don't really think he's even startable the rest of the year that's just my personal opinion and we'll have to see if that's true or not uh sony michelle i mean that guy is in an, uh the biggest running back by committee you can find uh i mean even with rex burkhead back from injury you got james white involved in there i mean that's just tough uh dj truck's a solid player but i'm not trying to give up a running back for a good wide receiver especially in this league i don't really know how i feel about that uh, three for three i'd have to think about it a little bit but i think the fact that uh derrick harry is on by the fact that aj brown is kind of a, th- a weird throwin'. i mean you, you think he to value he's like back? not even
1: a rosterable player
0: I, yeah that's why it's weird it's like why is he even there like the trade would it even happen if he wasn't there i don't know
2: listen and- we, we talked about chris starting five guys that were less than 20 percent rostered on espn leagues last week aj brown's 23 percent rostered so he's moving <laughs> up in the world <laughs>
0: Real time facts with Jordan Azari. That's fucking awesome. I, I I don't know, man. I feel like targeting Lashawn McCoy right now is just not a, not a good play. So I don't, I don't think it's that bad, though. Um, I think it's it's bad. Um,
1: it yeah. fucking sucked. <laughs> it <is.
0: laughs> oh man, we're gonna hear from Chris when he hears this. All right, moving on uh, from uh, our last blockbuster. We had a trade today, actually. This was awesome. I really enjoyed this trade. Uh, I was involved. Um, I'm not really sure how I feel about it just yet, but I sent Juju Smith-Schuster away to Hovey's team, and he gave me Kenyon Drake, uh, running back for the Cardinals. Uh, I think I want Jordan and Eric to go first, so Jordan, why don't you give us the lead?
2: Sure, I think this was a pretty even trade. It benefits both teams. I mean, Connor, you're continuing your quest to find a, an RB2, and uh you know i True. think Pinion drake can get you some, some production like you said something's up with uh david johnson who's no who knows what's going on there i don't know did you guys see that uh, i did hi- that highlight going around that, that run where he i mean he looks like joe out there on the field so <laughs> <laughs> so i i definitely think we'll see uh drake getting some snaps
0: uh that's a really good point i did and name then- this trade connor finally gets his rb2 round four <laughs> forgot to mention that sorry jordan go
2: ahead and at the same time i mean i think uh I think uh, uh, Hovi needed some wide receiver depth, so Juju is a decent guy to fill fill a spot there. So I think it was an even deal.
0: All right, Eric, uh, I've been I've been preparing for this since I accepted this trade. uh lay it into me.
1: All right, I think this is a a, a win for Hovi. Um, you know, I think we got a bet uh, in the works here, Connor. You were just uh, you know shitting all over David Johnson. You obviously like Kenyon Drake for your, since you traded for him. I'm willing to bet that uh, David Johnson will out- I'll pull any amount of money. You can name the dollar amount that David Johnson will outscore Kenyon Drake the rest of the season.
0: Uh, let's do five since I just took 10 from you last weekend.
1: All right. That's a pretty disappointing number amount, but uh, we got a
2: bet on the board. We have
0: like seven or eight bets going on right now. Like, I don't even, we have to do a recap because I forgot most of them. Um, and are, any
2: of, are any of them still going on though? I yeah, so like Melvin Gordon versus Giovanni
0: Bernard. <laughs> That's over. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is still in the closet. So Aaron Rodgers versus Matt go.
1: Ryan's gonna be pretty close.
0: Oh, we also have DJ That's Chark true. versus McLaurin. I'm pretty sure DJ Chark's gonna win that one. Um Yeah. I think so, those are the season
1: long ones. But yeah. uh, you know, uh here we go. We got another one here. Uh I think Johnson, he's uh, pretty obviously the He's, more, he's the more talented back. He's produced more throughout his career, produced more this season. Drake had one good game when he was the only running back. But, you know, I think once Cliff Kingsbury comes to his senses, who knows if he'll be able to do that because he's a terrible coach. But, uh, wow. uh, you know, once he comes to his senses and realizes that, you know, David Johnson's kind of the guy that gets their offense going, um, he'll have Johnson in there. Johnson, you know, it's a little risky as far as what he's gonna do rest of the season, but I think he has that upside to get back into that RB one conversation. And uh Juju Smith, I feel like maybe you're selling a little bit low on him here. Um kind of a high upside play for Hovey and not he didn't really have to give up that much to to get him.
0: True. Um so the bet is Kenyon Drake versus DJ, uh week through like what, week sixteen total points?
1: Yeah, sure, yeah, sure.
0: Okay, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. I actually in the show sheet, I have Hovey winning this trade, which uh, to the the delight of Jordan um, and Eric. I think that, you know, I've been looking for running back. I really uh, especially this week with Breda is out um, and I'm kind of kicking myself for dropping McKissick, although I don't really know if he's even that startable. Look, I'm a big fan of Juju Smith Schuster. Okay, Uh, I made that pretty clear on the podcast before the draft. I targeted him in the draft. Um, I picked him up for forty two dollars. And, you know, he has all the talent in the world. He's really good at Fortnite. But he has no quarterback. And I've watched him flounder for the past 10 weeks. And truthfully, I, with my wide receiver core, I don't see myself starting him at all the rest of the season. I just didn't see it happening. So in my eyes, I wanted to get a running back in return. It's pretty tough to trade for running back in this league, especially so close to the playoffs and uh, that was, the, uh, I guess, the best one I could find. I also think I'm buying a little bit low on Kenyon Drake. I know he just had a couple big games for the cards, so it might seem like I'm buying high. But I think that there's a lot in store for them. The one big issue that kind of pains me is that he is on buy next week, which sucks. So because Kenyon Drake's on buy, I think Hobie won this trade. If he wasn't, I think it would lean my way, but um, he is on buy. So that does it for uh, our review of all the trades. Now, just quickly keep in mind, Trade deadline is November 22nd, so you still have uh, about a week and a half to get those trades in. Um, now, just to recap the Wife Swap Dirty Harry Edition trade review, we're going to go over who we think uh, had the best, uh, at least the most fair trade, and then the most lopsided trade. So I'll start. I think the most fair trade was Brader for Ingram. It's pretty simple, straightforward, one player for one player. And uh, unfortunately, both players are now injured, so it's kind of a wash. Uh, Eric, what do you think?
1: I'm going to agree with you on that one, Connor.
2: We already got into it earlier, so not much else to add.
0: Gotcha. Jordan, what about you?
2: I'm going with Baker for Vance, garbage for garbage.
0: Garbage for garbage. And, you know, the winner of the Waste Management Bowl would know what garbage looks like. That's right. Uh, Looking at the most overall uh, lopsided trade, I'm going to actually say this is the Joe Tristan blockbuster, which involved David Montgomery, Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamar going to Joe's team. Uh, You know, Joe is kind of a fringe playoff team right now, and I think that trade really propelled him up. You know, Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback currently. Alvin Kamara is only going to get better when he comes back from injury. And David Montgomery has had this weird resurgence halfway through the year for a struggling Bears offense. Eric, what do you think was the most lopsided trade this year? Actually, we already know what you think. It's the Spencer and Chris Zeke deal. So let's go to Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Most
2: lopsided trade of all time, according to Eric.
0: According to Eric, which he apparently (laughs) didn't know that one time. Me and Hobie had a trade, which actually was the most lopsided trade of all time. Uh, I traded uh, Jordy Nelson for Donald Brown. Ooh. That was pretty trash. Uh,
2: That's almost on Lossman Moss levels there. Yeah,
1: I that think, was pretty bad. I was <laughs> just going to say, this, actually, this trade right here is nearing Moss Lossman levels. So. <laughs> actually,
0: uh, the worst part about that Jordy Nelson for Donald Brown trade is that Donald Brown was injured at the time. Uh, that was embarrassing. I sent a trade offer to Hovey uh, when Donald Brown was uh, healthy uh, the next morning. He got injured, and then Hobie accepted it. So
2: <laughs>
0: I will never forgive Hobie for that. All right, Jordan, what do you think?
2: I'm going with the uh, Aaron Jones OBJ trade. I mean, I know, Eric, you made a good move by flipping OBJ shortly after, but just looking at that trade in a vacuum, it's uh, it's a blowout.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that is a blowout. It's really tough to lose the uh, third running back for Oldell Beckham Jr., who I believe is the 31st. Wide receiver so yeah. that wraps up for the trade review uh, don't forget to get your trades in before november 22nd we may have a second segment if there are a bunch before the trade deadline hopefully it's like the nba trade deadline and not the nfl trade trade deadline that would be nice to get some action very quickly let's go over the waiver wire wrap up of the week kind of a quiet week except for one player literally the majority of the teams put in bids for a guy named brian hill running back for the falcons he goes to Curtis for $91, the classic example of everyone bidding very high for a running back. Uh, we also had multiple bids for James Washington, who is actually now on waivers. Actually, he's a free agent if you want to pick him up. But also for Debo Samuel, who I can't believe anyone would ever try to pick up Debo Samuel with all those goddamn balls he dropped on Monday, um, and also for Randall Cobb. So I think it's pretty clear across the board that the best pickup was Brian Hill. Um, Jordan, do you have anything you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've had a few of these running backs go for the high dollar amounts. I think Brian Hill's got a good chance at being better than the rest of those guys, certainly better than me picking up Ty Johnson for 106. So uh, congrats to Curtis there. I also like uh, another pickup by you, Connor Foles, for three bucks. I mean, he's he's playing uh, Oakland and Atlanta in weeks 15 and 16. So if you can get into the playoffs and win that first week, you'll be you'll be sitting pretty there. It's a good
0: point. Yeah, yeah when it,
1: you is know, playing in the consolation bracket of the, <laughs> the playoffs in Week 16, Nick Foles will be doing a lot of good.
0: It's called the Toilet Bowl, I believe, and it's not a consolation prize. It's a punishment. Now, looking at the worst pickup, uh, I got to be honest. I got to give this one to Eric. Eric, what was the worst pickup of the week?
1: I mean, the worst pickup this week is not even a pickup. It was the lack of a pickup by Hovey by not even making a bid on Brian Hill. I mean i kind of feel like i'm beating a dead horse here you know you know, Hovey's heard all the jokes haha ha, he he doesn't know how to make a bid he never makes any bids but this is just egregious i mean as we mentioned you know jordan mentioned some running backs have gone for pretty high prices that you know they were backups or you know just some guys people hoping would have high upside brian hill he's the starter for it sounds like at least two weeks he's a starting running back he's like I'd be willing to bet he's yeah. in the top he finishes in the top fifteen of running backs this week. That's oh. what I would say about Brian Hill. So Want to put five bucks on it? Sure. So okay. a, a real solid starter. Obviously, Hovey, he he didn't prove his running backs by Chris Carson, but it's not the strongest position for him. He he has the most money by far. He could have bid all he had to do was bid look at whoever the next lowest person is. I'm gonna give you guys some insight here. You can just look at who the next who has the most money below you and bid $1 more than that person. So Hovi could have bid, I think Tristan had $105, he could have bid 106 for Brian Hill and he would have only paid uh 16 or whatever it is, however many more dollars, 15 more dollars than what Curtis bid, and he still would have had like $80 left or $75 left to make bids for the rest of the season. I mean, this is this egregious uh lack of bid by Hovi. Yeah. And and I'm playing Curtis this week. So, you know, Curtis has Saquon Barkley on by, but now he's got Brian Hill to fill in for him. So thanks,
2: Hobie. I was trying to defend himself about his strategy, quote, air quotes, strategy of not making bids this season. But I mean, what are you doing? Come on, this is you got to do something here.
0: I think it's pretty egregious when your strategy is being lazy. I'm not really sure what he was thinking. I would uh, be actually, willing
1: to bet, you know, Hovey, Hovey's like, well, I, you know, I never know who's going to do good. I would bet that Hovey even does, doesn't even know who Brian Hill is. So as he's listening around, he's probably figuring out who he is. So shout out to you, Hovi. You shout know,
0: out, I feel like uh, I have a couple couple times on this podcast, maybe Hobie won't give me credit. but I feel like I try to always defend him a little bit. He always gets kind of a bad rep from Eric. Eric loves the birth jabs, <laughs> Gabs classic. Um, but this one's kind of unforgivable. I don't really understand this. I mean, I actually watched the Falcons-Saints game over the weekend. Uh, Unlike you stupid fucks who go to Red Zone, fucking consumerist fascist pigs who just fucking plug you know these little glasses on just like get zapped with all this consumerism i actually like to watch a full game you know it's like watching a movie you know or foreplay you know if there's a lead up you know there's always like a cool entrance you know there's rising action and then there's a climax and usually i always climax first let me tell you what man brian hill (laughs) climaxed all over the fuck of the saints this week and he was on fire man i mean i was kind of watching to see calvin ridley do well and i was like the whole time i'm like where the fuck's Devonte Freeman? Cause Brian Hill was going off and I was really impressed from what I saw, you know, that backfield with Ido Smith out too. Um, I think there's just a lot of room for improvement. Devonte Freeman's been struggling this year and the Falcons. Yeah. You know, they're, they've had a pretty shit year, but they stole one from the saints. Thanks to Brian Hill. I really think Hovey should have balled out and purchased this guy. He was the only guy who could just literally buy him face value and he didn't do anything. So a little disappointing, um, not gonna lie. So hey, did
1: you, it would be one thing if he would have bid fifty dollars and I'd been like, Well, that was a dumb bid, but at least no, he made a bid. He didn't even no, make that would have been worse. Bid.
0: That would have been worse for me if he bet fifty dollars. That would have been worse. Because it's like it's uh it's like I mean, trying and failing is much worse than not trying, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I learned that the hard way. I, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But yeah, I think it's really disappointing overall. I don't really want to harp on uh, Marshall Yanda look alike too much because you know. Uh, he is a great guest to have. He's an awesome dude. And obviously, his team's doing well. So, like, what the fuck do we have to talk about? But I think this is a pretty big mix up on his part now. All right. That goes, that's it for the waiver wire pickups. Um, uh, you know, if you I, waiver wire is getting pretty bare these days, guys. Uh, so, you know, really, if you want a guy, you got to buy him. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, this goes to show you how deep our league is. You know, we have Brian Hill, we have Ty Johnson. Um, I spent a ton of money on Jalen Samuels. You have Wayne Gallman, the $180 man. I mean, there's just a, these examples of just people blowing their load for running backs. And, uh, you know, sometimes they work out, like Chase Evans for a couple weeks, who is now a free agent if you want to pick him up. And sometimes they don't. But I think that Brian Hill has a good chance to uh, succeed in that offense.
1: Connor, you left out Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to bring <laughs> it up too. Jordan beat me to it. Come on, dude. Daryl Henderson. I mean. That's true. That's you get, true. You get him on waivers now too. This, uh, That's true. If you're wondering. Uh,
0: that's true. Actually, but a $90 funny, man. funny story, guess who owns Malcolm Brown right now?
1: I, I don't know, Connor. Who is it? If
0: Eric does. Eric owns Malcolm <laughs> Brown. Talk about some irony. He actually picked him up. Did you like pick him up for a couple bucks? Uh, uh, I picked him up
1: for zero, but I dropped Daryl Henderson for him. So, uh, wow.
0: <laughs> And uh, time is a flat circle. Um, anyways oh yeah let's let's wrap this up so anyways just quick announcement the end of the year party December 21st 6 p.m. Art Marble 21 at South Lake Union I actually may need to change this time to 7 or 8 p.m. I have a conflict I'll keep everyone updated hopefully by next uh, next podcast I'll have an update um, but hopefully won't be too much of a delay looking at the previews coming in um, everyone was five and one last week Eric Connor And So uh, we're actually all of us are above 50%, which you love to see Uh, Eric's at 3624. Same with guest. Uh, I'm at 33 and 27. So let's go ahead and quickly review the matchups. We have the applied mathematics master versus apprentice game. It's me versus the guest. It's Connor versus Jordan. What an awesome matchup. Jordan, are you going to lose this week?
2: I'm not going to lose. I'm taking myself here. I got my uh, full lineup back in back in play this week, and uh, also Connor, I don't know what you're going to do at tight end with your guy Hollister on by, and I believe Kittle was ruled out today, wasn't he?
0: I don't want to talk about it. Uh, hey, Eric, uh, who do you think is going to win this match?
1: I'm also going with Jordan here. Uh, you know, I think uh, some would consider this upset alert, but you know, I think Jordan's just a clear favorite in this one. So not even I can't even call it an upset. Uh, his his lineup's just looking a lot stronger than yours this week. And uh, yeah, down Aaron Rodgers and uh, your boy Jacob Paulster, potentially Kittle as well. Um, not looking good, Connor.
0: Well, I'm going to take the opposite. I think I'm going to win this one. I think I really like my matchups this week. Um, I think that Jameson Crowder against the Redsons is a great matchup. Calvin Ridley against the Panthers is an even better matchup. I really like Tyler Boyd against the uh, Raiders. The Raiders have a pretty bad secondary. And the last time Kenyon Drake played the Niners, he scored 26.2 fantasy points. He's probably not going to reach that again, but uh, I think he definitely knows something about that defense that I don't know. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers is on by, so I'm forced to start Nick Foles against the Colts. We'll see how that goes. I don't like the projections. I'm projected to lose by, I guess, what, 13 points? That doesn't seem right. I'm taking myself. All right, moving on I'm to the next put five bucks game. on that? Oh, Absolutely. Connor, actually, I got I a bet for doing. you as well. God damn, dude. Can someone write of these bets
1: down? <laughs> I actually think that your team, I'd be willing to bet that you finish in the bottom 4 scores this week of the so you're in the bottom 33% of the league.
0: Ooh. Uh, I'm not going to take that bet.
1: I actually think that the only team that you I would favor you against this week is Chris. Yeah, it's kind of like saying that you got second place in the special olympics. Wow,
0: well, That's that's real. Uh, yeah, I put 5 bucks on that, Jordan.
1: All right, cool. Cool. Very Potter, right. dodging my bets. Uh, what else yeah, new? Well, But anyways, <laughs> uh, bets, we got another matchup. Match okay. All
0: right. Now, looking at the next game, we have the old ball and chain bull, also known as the don't be jealous, I found a cool wife bull. It's Curtis versus Eric. These guys are both married, so obviously that's a common theme. Uh, Eric is actually projected to win by about 10 points. Jordan, who do you think is going to win this game?
2: Uh, I'm taking Eric. For me, it would have been close if uh, Wilson and Barkley weren't on by for – uh, for Curtis but uh, they are so that's a big loss there taking it's two best
0: players that's pretty tough Eric let me guess you're going to choose Curtis
2: uh, no you know I, I have
1: picked against myself this year uh, last week correctly but I'm going with myself in this one I like my matchups at a uh, running back and receiver here uh, I, I moved on from Jimmy G today and picked up Jacoby Brissett as he comes back healthy so I like the boost at quarterback there and as Jordan mentioned uh, Wilson and Barkley on by uh, the Barkley uh, loss hampered a little bit by the Brian Hill pickup, but um, still a, a big loss there for Curtis.
0: Yeah, I'm actually also going to take Eric on this. This is a cl- clean sweep. I think that Curtis, it sucks that he's missing Russell Wilson and Saquon Barkley, arguably two of his best players. He also has really tough matchups this week. He's got Jordan Howard against the Pats. Um, he's actually got uh, Kenny Galladay against Dallas. Dallas is a decent Secondary, uh, at least statistically. I don't know about personnel wise. And then Denver, actually, surprisingly, is the third best defense against fantasy wide receivers. So Stefan Diggs against them. I mean, they're probably just going to run the ball the whole time. Uh, I really like Eric in this matchup. Okay, moving on to our next game. We have a projected blowout uh, of Joe versus Chris. Joe's projected 118.9, Chris's projected 77. This is the Muckle tio Strip Club Lovers Showdown. And uh, I actually reached out to Joe uh, before this podcast. But after I named it, he said, I'm so happy that in a week I need to get a win. I get to go up against Chris's dumpster fire of a team. My team is going to be raining points quicker than I make it rain dollar bills at the strip club. Talk about relevance. Uh, Jordan, who you
2: got? I'm sticking with with the projections here. This is going to be a blowout. I mean, there's not much else to say. Although it is too bad for Chris that the guy he just traded for is on by. Of course, I'm talking about AJ Brown.
0: See, <laughs> right. nice, Jordan. All right, Eric. Tell uh, me what you got.
1: I mean, there's not much to say here. This one's uh, obviously going to jail. Chris is uh, with that. I mean, already before that trade with Spencer, he already secured himself a spot in the toilet bowl. But it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, we need to start coming up with some last place punishments.
0: True, future segment. Um, Actually, I think that uh, Joe's obviously going to win this one. Um, But I also think that Chris threw this game away by trading away Ezekiel Elliott, Uh, trading away your best player for uh, another great player, but he's on bye. That's just he's just throwing this week away. So I think it's pretty clear that Joe's going to win this one. Uh, Looking at the next game we got going on, uh, we have Andrew McCory versus Eric Hovey. Hovey's projected to win 113.6 to 105.2. This is the clash of the shout-outers. Since I swear to God, these two guys, all they do is give shout-outs. I texted McCorey before this game for a quote. He said, this is a must-win, not much else to say, LOL. And then he sent me three laughing, crying emojis. So McCorey is a confirmed weeaboo. Do not send me three emojis in a row. Uh, I actually think Hovey's going to win this game. Pretty handily, uh, Jordan. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Hovi. I mean, I think uh, McCory has the clearly better running backs. Hovi has the clearly better receivers, but I like Hovi's matchups better, so I'm going with him.
0: All right, Eric, give it to me straight.
1: Uh, Hovi, this is a clean sweep. Hovi's going to take this one. I do think this one may be a little closer than you would think, given you know how McCory's team is trending and how Hovi's team is trending. But I just like Hovi's matchup at receivers. Some big time matchups. Mike Thomas against the Bucks. Uh, Evans against the Saints and then J- Jameis Winston against the Saints so he'll be uh, hoping for a big shootout in that game I think um, that's pretty likely and, you know look at McCory's lineup you know Sammy Watkins as his number one receiver I mean is this is Jared Goff as his quarterback is this week one or, or are we in week 10 week 11 what is it I don't know
0: yeah, I don't know. And let's hope that Robbie Gould can play because he's still rostering him. That's, uh, that's tough to see. All right, uh, clean sweep across the board. We all think Hobie's going to win that one. Uh, seems pretty straightforward. Hobie's got a great team. McCory's been struggling lately, and his roster uh, looks abysmal. All right, going on to our next game, we have the Stranger Danger Awareness Bowl because I'm pretty sure these two players have never met in real life. Uh, if you have, uh, sorry, uh, post about it in the Discord. <laughs> uh, give me another uh, Bill Cosby GIF. This is Spencer, who's projected to score 115.4 versus Tristan, who's projected 101.9. So ESPN is saying this that Spencer is a clear favorite. Uh, I really like Spencer this week. I think that with the Zeke trade, he uh, really improved his roster. Um, I actually don't think Todd Gurley is a bad play for Chicago. Uh, with Akeem Hicks out, their run defense has not been that great. Uh, and you got Austin Eckler against the Chiefs. I really like that matchup a lot. So I think that Eckler is going to be a great play. It really depends on if Manuel Sanders is going to play. I'm not sure. I know he got injured in the Monday night game uh, with a quick turnaround. They actually might sit him down. And I really don't like Odell Beckham, though, against Pittsburgh. Steelers have a good defense. Uh, Eric, what do you think?
1: Uh, this one's got a lot written all over it, and uh, it's going to be Spencer taking home the victory. Um, that big pickup of Zeke this week in a juicy matchup against the Lions. Uh, I don't think this one's going to be close.
0: Yeah, all right, Jordan.
2: Yep, I'm taking Spencer, too. Another sweep. Uh, you know, his, his starting lineup is pretty stacked now after those trades he made, so going with him.
0: Yeah, Actually, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, I did reach out to Tristan for a quote uh, just today. This is what he sent me Toronto Teabaggers, welcome back to Camp Flognaw. Don't be surprised when Cole Beasley booze you off stage like your champagne poppy. So,
1: you get that reference, Connor?
0: Uh, actually, uh, I, I don't. Uh, do you?
1: I do. So, you know, Tristan's showing off his hipness here. Uh, Camp Flognaw was a a concert that happened this weekend, Um, and Drake was a special guest uh, who performed, and he was booed off the stage.
0: There you go. Uh, Learn
1: something new every day.
0: Learn something new every day. Right. Uh, They didn't play that on my uh, oldies playlist. I was too busy listening to the Supremes. All right, going to our final. When you're
1: game. to uh, the, your, your Rush Limbaugh morning radio. He didn't whoa, bring that up. Whoa,
0: please, yo, you know I'm clearly an NPR guy. Come on, come on, dude, don't, 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 don't do me like that. All right, uh, you know, actually, I was a big Alex Jones fan. What can I say? You know, uh, it's hard to drive to work with a literally an aluminum foil hat on, but you know, I make it work. Uh, make sure the government's not reading my thoughts. Uh, to be honest, no one should be reading my thoughts. I think about a lot of weird shit. Moving on to our last game. Thanks for that side topic, Eric. Uh, We have the Game of the Week. This is the Moo Moo Farms Bowl, partly because Ben and Jerry, obviously, ice cream, but also because Ben's really good at Mario Kart. We have Ben projected 96 points. Seems kind of low. Jerry's projected 116.6. His team's been on fire lately. Uh, I got Jerry in this game. Uh, That's who I think is going to win. Ben has a lot of good players on bye. He's got basically all the Green Bay Packers. He's been writing. He's got Evan Ingram out. And DK Metcalf's actually been a really solid start. He's been out as well. Um, I think this is probably a blessing uh, in disguise for Ben. He's got a lot of players out. He's playing the best team in the league. So if you're going to lose one, you might as well lose you know, this week against Jerry. So it could be worse. But at the same time, he's not actually you know, guaranteed a playoff spot. So you need those points whenever you can get them. All right, Eric, who do you think is going to win this one?
1: Got to gotta give it to Jerry, uh, you know, good times on the farm for the berries. They're just going to keep on rolling. Uh, obviously, you mentioned it, tons of buys for Ben. He's got uh, those Packers players out, three of them, and uh, Metcalf and Ingram. So that's uh, its going to be too much for Ben to overcome. I was going to say, it's kind of impressive that Ben still projected 96 points with all those guys on buy.
0: It's true. I mean, it just goes to show you how strong his team's been rolling lately. All right, Jordan, what do you think?
2: Yep, I'm taking the berries, too. I mean, there's not much else to say that you guys haven't said. His team's been on fire, and with the Packers on by, that's a pretty significant chunk of Ben's team. So
0: True. Also, a chunk of Jerry's team. He's starting the Packers' defense right now. So, if Jerry, if you're listening, I would switch that up. It's not a good play to start a defense that's on by, unless he actually thinks that there's no other better defense to play. I just want to lose points, but I doubt it. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to say one thing. I also received quotations from Curtis and Ben. However, we are running a little bit over on time. You guys literally sent me like four paragraphs each, and I don't have the time or the lung capacity to read that much. So really appreciate the quotes. Save that fire for the next podcast. And that is the latest edition of the Questionable for Sunday podcast. I want to give a quick shout-out to Jordan Hazari for being our guest. Thanks for stopping by.
2: Thanks, guys. Had, had a good time. Connor, you're an awesome guest.
1: you did incredible as the host.
2: Yeah, good job, man.
0: Thanks, guys. Might yeah, be your new not...
1: full-time job.
0: Oh, no, not not a damn chance. Uh, this is actually like, I, you know, I literally did nothing at work today. You know, I was just like, you know, rent it down. You know, like my boss is like, hey, Connor, can you, where was that report I asked for last week? And I'm like, yo, dude, Zeke just got traded. <laughs> so it's been kind of awkward at work, not going to lie. Uh, actually, I got to give a shout out to Eric, man. Leading the podcast, actually, it's a ton of work. And, you know, I feel like I'm losing my voice already. Eric does a great job every week. Uh, put, he actually put together the show sheet still. Uh, you know, just goes to show you that he does all the homework, all the research, which is great. Jordan also coming with the hot facts. you love to see it. Um, so, Jordan, quick question for you. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Uh, rest of season. Are you going to be in the toilet bowl or not?
2: No, not a chance.
0: You heard it here first, guys. So when he is in the toilet bowl, make sure to quote this part of the podcast in MP3 form. Post it in the Discord. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Thanks for stopping by, guys. See you in two weeks. There is no podcast next week. Eric and I are both out of town. So uh, use that time to talk to your family and make some friends. Have a good night.